2: Welcome everyone to RB1 Colon of Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Team Podcast channel. I am RomCom Aficionano, Damian Harris Truther, and said Christian McCaffrey would go a thousand and a thousand before it was cool. Your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by some of the guys tonight. We have the champion of doggos everywhere. You heard it here first! And proponent for a Jon Snow hair product line, resident old man Clark Barnes, and fantasy football's premier internet doctor, Larry Fitzgerald, lone Monisher, and the number two Walter Sobchak, but number one, Tarzan, ginger nobleman, Nick Bodiford. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete.
1: Yeah, real well, man. How are you?
2: I am good. I am good. I... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Becca is just staring at me from the kitchen as she opens up the thin that I've been keeping in the freezer. Good, she she's doing that... it when you're
0: powerless to stop her. <laughs>
2: exactly, it's a very Our strategic lady. move by, on her part to get yeah. it done while I can't stop. And I think she's just paranoid that this sound is picking up, which it's definitely not. But now everyone knows that you're doing it because I've just told everyone. And now she's dancing awkwardly as if this is a video show, but it's not. I'm so that's my it. life. That's what's happening in my house right now.
1: <laughs> no, we don't have anything as lively going on, I think, Clark.
0: <laughs> no, I'm I'm just doing a little, uh, little reloading this evening because football's stupid and I hate it. So let's
2: on with the show. Oh yeah, poor Clark. Don't worry, Clark. I uh, I will say, in amongst my my starts and sits for this week, I have. I have a a, a little sadness too to discuss about the Patriots' current standings, and a lot of it comes from the hands of your Houston
1: Texans. Dude, they're winning the Super Bowl. I mean, every they, year there's some little like, "Oh, is this it?" And no, they like they're so insanely good at it. takes It can take a little while, but they're so insanely good at recalibrating. Going, all right, these are our strengths at this point in the year. These
0: are our weaknesses roll with it <laughs> for just a second there i thought you meant the texans and i was like oh come on Nick. <laughs> yeah but
2: no you did but no you definitely yeah. were not they're
0: starting it. carlos Hyde.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay what Let- uh, yeah we shouldn't do this let's let's give it get a guy i was gonna go off <laughs> on the deck. Let's let's get it going <laughs>
2: Um, I think, I think, uh, quickly because we've given Bill O'Brien a lot of shit for not using Duke Johnson properly, which has very been very true during the season. I've been now thinking that Bill O'Brien got Duke Johnson just a tool on the Patriots. That's the only reason he brought them onto his team. And it was a wild success. Anyways,
1: this reminds me of like the guy in your league who hoards like four tight ends because he thinks that he's going to sabotage a bunch of other teams and not you know, like, that, oh, no one's going to have a tight end. And meanwhile, his bench is just tight end, and he's totally screwed in by, or, or yeah, Bill O'Brien's like, I'm going to get this good player for a third rounder. best. I'm <laughs>
2: going to use it to beat the Patriots, but then I'm not going to know how to use him for the rest of the season.
1: Nailed no it. No idea.
2: Uh, all right. Well, we got week 14 starts and sits for you. For those who have just made it into the fantasy playoffs, congratulations. Now is an important week got to get that victory got to keep building for those who missed the fantasy playoffs um well our hearts go out to you hopefully you'll do better next year but hopefully we weren't to blame for your uh missing the playoff or your early exit uh and if we were at nfl clark send it his (laughs) way Uh, all right, as we always do, we've got some starts, we've got some sits that we like for this week. Uh, Nicholas, why don't you start us off with your first? Well, you pick. Are we starting with starts? Starting with sits?
1: Uh, I always enjoy the the start, so let's let's give it a go there. Um, all right, so he he burned me last week. I used my featured guy in the quarterback. Uh, that's that's Ryan Tannehill. Uh, the dude, so, so he had been operating on not terribly low volume, but a bit lower than perhaps the norm for the, for the NFL, you know, today's NFL, but his efficiency was outstanding. And he was posting, uh, like 30, it was like 36 rushing yards per game. And he had three rushing TDs over, you know, the, the last three games, um, and they just put up a dud in you know against a, a moderately strong Indianapolis uh, defense. This week, though, he's going up against the Raiders, and I, this this is perhaps the worst second. I, I guess I guess maybe Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is probably the worst secondary in football, but Oakland is is right friggin' there, and I, I don't expect him. It, so he's a high end quarterback two for me in my ranking, but I think that that his ceiling is like top eight. Um, he, he he has a chance to put up a ton of points against the Raiders because so they just they can't stop anything through the air. I think they'll they'll throw early to get up and then just you know let Derek Henry ride for three quarters. Um, but I, I I would be looking to get Ryan Tannehill into my lineup if I have him. Yeah, I
2: like that call a lot. The Raiders are giving up the third most passing touchdowns this season uh, to quarterbacks, and so that is something you can and, and just, man, this Ryan Tannehill transformation, and we talked about it on Tuesday's podcast where we were talking about Devontae Parker where it's like, Oh, wow. Guess what happens when you let a player develop for, you know, three to four years, and that's when they finally ascend to greatness. Now, it's been a, a long time for Ryan Tannehill. This is like his sixth or seventh season, but I think it's another testament to just, like, how much a change of scenery can benefit a player, you know? And so, it's one of those situations where he got out of Miami, was kind of tootling around, figuring out what he going to do, took a backup job in Tennessee, and now is basically played himself to be presumably if not the incumbent but at least in the running for a starting quarterback gig in tennessee or if he makes free agency he's going to get signed big time to, to someone because he's been playing super I think, well i think they're, they're probably going to franchise him i think they'd have to I mean, you can't let that walk out the door which is crazy to say yeah. about ryan Tannehill, but you got to say it <laughs>
0: Yeah, that dovetails nicely into one of my starts this weekend, which is the Tennessee Titans defense. Uh, for all of the reasons Nick just mentioned, I feel like the Titans come on at the end of the year for the past couple of years under Vrabel, and we're seeing that happen. Three-game win streak traveling out to Oakland. Uh, they're playing well. Derrick Henry, who everyone called was going to be great at the beginning <laughs> of the year, really turning it on. And so the defense doesn't have to do much. They're talented. Vrabel is a, is a good defensive coach. Uh, so I'm I'm throwing out one of my starts as the Titans' defense this weekend.
2: Yeah, I like that. They're they're kind of criminally underrated from a fantasy standpoint. I feel like they're I, every time that Patty Cooper releases his t- uh, defensive rankings on on FakeTeams.com, you should go look at it. We got rankings for every major position that you could possibly want fantasy football, uh, except for you know individual uh, defensive positions because that's dumb. But the Titans are always like one of his number one streaming teams because they're 20% owned and they've been playing really well. And against a Raiders team that, you know, was flirting with maybe the playoffs, maybe something exciting is now completely seemingly uh, self-destructed. And you would trust the Titans defense to be able to, to take advantage of that. I like it. They're they're one of my favorite go-to DFS defenses. Also, bringing you some defensive starts and sits. How many, how many sites and how many podcasts can make a claim to that? None. That's why we're the best. Uh, my first start for the weekend, I failed to start him last week, and it's crushing, so I won't let, uh, I won't let you and our tens of listeners out there make the same mistake as I will. You have to start Benny Snell this week against the Cardinals. If you've got him, he belongs in your starting lineup. Since getting healthy, he's clearly been the number one back uh, in Pittsburgh. He's had 22 touches versus the Bengals and 17 touches last week versus the Browns. And he faces a Cardinals defense that's giving up the third most fantasy points, the backs, over the last four weeks. And they just made Todd Gurley look like the Todd Gurley of old last week. So, uh, I would think that Benny Snell, who's shown us a lot, will be able to uh, to get it done against the Cardinals and be continue to be relied upon to move this offense while Duck Hodges chucks
0: bombs to James Washington. Yeah, I like it, and you know, I love to stroll down narrative street. The Steelers had a pretty emotional win last week. Duck Hodges is playing well. If they just get something out of the quarterback, you know, T- Tomlin is touted to be a great defensive mind at coach, and I don't I don't know about that, but, uh, they seem pretty jazzed after winning last week and they may carry a little momentum into this one as well.
1: Yeah. Mike Tomlin is, uh, the, the coach that frustrates Warren Sharp more than any other. Mike Tomlin's um, feeling himself. He, <laughs> he's just, he's had so much insane talent and has made such bad decisions. And like they should have won a lot more than they have. Um, so, okay, I want to challenge you on this one a little bit, Pete, because James Conner is is a limited participant in practice, and he was a limited participant in practice last week. I think he might come back. So what are you thinking for Snell if Conner is able to come back this week?
2: I mean, I'm still on board with it because Conner came back, you know, whatever, back in week 11 against the Browns and then immediately left after five carries. Like, I I Dude. just – Yeah, I'm I'm I think if if Connor is 100% healthy, then yes, that Mm -hmm. obviously puts a cap on on Benny Snell's maximum fantasy value. But I do think that Snell has shown enough that even with a healthy James Connor back there, he's still probably going to see eight maybe touches uh that's what i would think like eight to ten touches even with a healthy connor back there i personally just don't have faith that even if connor is practicing again even in line to play that he's going to suddenly get the full workload or be able to withstand the full workload so i still would like benny snell as like a low uh rb3 with with connor starting or playing
0: it's hard to read the yeah. t leaves here but my understanding is Connor has a, a shoulder injury. And so I think that that's an injury where you can go through some walkthroughs and practices, but he was tweeting about wanting to avoid surgery yeah. and how he was going to not play until he was confident that he could avoid surgery. So. so uh, oh, go he, ahead. He's, usually he he usually
1: to He just wants to push back surgery. He's going to have to have it to fix it. It's a, It's an, it's an AC joint sprain. So this is the thing. It's, it's being listed as an AC joint sprain, but this is like this is the most severe AC joint sprain I've ever heard of. Um, it's kept him out for like five weeks. Yeah, Anthony Miller played with his last year. Yeah, um, and his, he dislocated his shoulder like seven times, but he still played. Um, and Randall Cobb had a, a really successful season with this a few years back um it's it's an injury that, that that you can play on uh it's it's very weird that that this is the case now i gotta go double check that. that is it what was. dalvin cook has too now he has an sc joint sprain so ac connects in a different spot the sc is still a shoulder thing but it connects up on uh like the pec um he can play but he'll probably have to have surgery i think in the off season too um but i don't know i think that there's i think the news will come out at some point that, that says that uh there was more to Connor's injury. Cause this is weird for, for what the injuries listed it listed as. So anyway, I, I do, I'm on board with what you guys are saying. Um, that, that's now, it's probably still a safe, uh, start. I mean, the Bengals can't stop bringing anything. 10 carries against them is, you know, like that's a, that's 60 yards and a touchdown that that's, a, you, you can very possibly, uh, bank on that. Um, yeah. Beautiful.
2: That's why, uh, That's why Nick is the uh, fantasy football's premier internet doctor for that kind of insight right there. I love it. Everyone's flashing their, flashing their muscles
0: so far. This podcast, Clark, give us your, another start for this week. So I've got three and I want to save my, my last one for last Uh, DJ. Chark has had a couple of bad games, Lately, as the Jaguars have uh, learned that hard lesson that Gardner Minshew is the future, uh, <laughs> the mustache is back in. Uh, even, in bad, even in his down games, Chark has still scored you know five, six points, so it hasn't been a complete wash. But uh, if you've been considering benching Chark because you think that he's on uh, hit, hit the rookie wall or sophomore wall, whichever, uh, I think he's a start this week. I'm starting with confidence, and uh, I am speaking a lot of things into existence for the for the league that I did make the playoffs in. So, DJ Chark, start with confidence. I love it. In the history of the NFL,
2: has there been a worse quarterback switch midseason than deciding that D- Gardner Minshew is not your future and you should go with Nick Foles? Yes. I mean, come on, Jaguars. Teddy Bridgewater for Eli Manning. Or was you it Gino, mean, Smith. Gino Smith? Gino Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that's, you're right. Well done, Clark. Well done. That is I definitely. Close. I like Teddy Bridgewater. Is, I wonder where is that, that is came definitely from. Worth. God, I forgot about that. Also, Eli's back this week. <laughs> and that is going to be interesting. For the Eli's going to be a league winner because Daniel Jones is out with a high ankle sprain and the Giants have like a cakewalk the rest of the season. It's, it's good for the
0: supporting cast in New York. I'm not saying you should run out and add Eli, but it I think it raises the value, especially with their schedule coming up. You know, oh my God, I, their schedule is so. I know prime. it's in vogue to push back against the idea that Eli Manning is fantastic, but I do think that the narrative's gone a little bit too far the other way. He is a competent NFL quarterback. He's not. He's not great, but he is. He is competent, and with this schedule, I think he's going to do okay. They play. Philly Miami Washington
1: put me down for everything against what Clark just said about Eli Manning <laughs> the, the the schedule there's there's merit of that but this competent NFL quarterback is no not even a little bit
3: would
2: you rather have Daniel Jones if you were if you were a uh Sterling Shepard owner would you feel more confident in him with Daniel Jones or Eli Manning under center
1: there's almost no scenario where i will choose eli manning oh interesting interesting he is made of molasses he's a decent he's a terrible quarterback
2: wait i'm finding i'm finding stats and information
0: is is furiously working right now because so eli manning is the type of quarterback that you can choose stats to back up either arguments uh he's played well and he's played really horribly uh he is not fun to watch, but I think we have uh, someone saying the hate has gone too far, and someone saying Eli Manning is the worst person to play quarterback in the NFL ever. And so we represent far, all sides here on the covered RB1 <laughs> podcasts.
2: And fantasy uh, fake team stats and information from uh, Matt Tag-ly-ry? Tag-ly-ry? Taglier.
0: I'm Taglier. so glad we got
2: him on staff. There you go. I know he's he's great. Good, he's good he's working back here. You thought he was writing for fantasy pros. No, no, no. He he runs stats and information for RB1 podcast. Uh, so he tweeted out this earlier today before the it was announced that Eli, and goddamn it, we went on an Eli tangent. Anyways, Odell Beckham with Eli, 59 games, 10.5 targets, 6.6 receptions, 92.9 yards, 0.8 touchdowns. PPR points per game with OBJ without Eli 12 games, 8.6 targets, 4.8 receptions, 61 point, 67.1 yards, 0.2 touchdowns, 12.5 points per game. Saquon Barkley with Eli 18 games, 85 yards, 42 receiving yards, 0.9 touchdowns, 23.6 PPR points. Saquon without Eli seven games, 43 rushing yards, 34 receiving yards, 0.3 touchdowns, 14.2 PPR points.
1: Um, Eli, Eli Manning is Manning. going to
2: churn Saquon Barkley back into that RB1
3: that you all wanted
1: Eli Manning's arm strength and accuracy are worse than Peyton Manning's after he had surgery on his neck that took away the feeling in his throwing hand <laughs> uh, Clark, I
2: like your start DJ chart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Full circle, good work Pete
1: Full circle, that's what I'm here
2: for uh, Nick, what's your second start for the week?
1: Zach Pascal, uh, Ty Hilton saying he might not be able to play him the rest of the year. Uh, Pascal is the the alpha dog in this this post passing game, and they're going to go uh, going up against the aforementioned worst secondary in football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I see no reason why he will not just obliterate box scores. I, I think uh, if I were a wide receiver ranker, I'd probably have him as like wide receiver twelve. Like I don't want to have him over, uh, you know, the the, the top dogs in the wide receiver one conversation, but I would want to just at least nominally get him into the wide receiver one uh, conversation.
2: Yeah, somehow I didn't realize that he's coming off of a 109 yard performance against the uh, the
0: Titans. He's talented and, and Frank Reich is really making a push for an an unsexy coach of the year. Candidate. I mean, I, I know it's been so long, but remember, Andrew Luck was supposed to play this year, and the Colts have still looked pretty good on offense, not executing uh, probably at the best, but they're interesting to watch. I've watched a lot of them watching the AFC South. They're fun, and they are tough for defenses to cover. And you can just tell that Jacoby Brissett is just okay at quarterback. And I think that and all of the injuries that they've had is sort of holding them back. But I think Frank Reich has done a fantastic job. And the point is, that just bodes well for whoever is starting for the Colts. They have been pretty serviceable this year. So I like the Pascal call. Yeah, that's a great call.
2: I, he, has, he left a bitter taste in my mouth because I added him when he first kind of uh, jumped onto the stage, and then he kind of spittered, sputtered out, and, and so I had to drop him. But yeah, I like this call a lot. He came off of a huge game going up against the you know, worst secondary in football. I like the call. Second start for the week is James White versus the Kansas City Chiefs because this offense, this Patriots offense is a hot pile of steaming garbage and Brady can't, get wait, can't wait to get rid of it. I think he's 100% saying, fuck playing till 57 this year. I'm retiring as soon as, uh, as, soon as the year's over because uh, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick can't put a team around me. He trusts two people. Julian Edelman, who's likely dealing with multiple broken bones, and James White, who for some reason was an afterthought against Houston, and so Josh McDaniels was like, oh, maybe we should call plays for our best offensive player against a defense that can't st- stop pass-catching running backs. Oh, what do you know? 98 yards, receiving, and two touchdowns on eight catches.
3: Hmm.
0: It was nice that they forgot about that.
2: It was until like the third, middle of the third quarter, or like, fuck, we really need to get back into this game. What should we do? Oh, let's give it to James White a lot. And then suddenly James White was doing things. Uh, the Chiefs have been bad against running backs for the last four weeks. They're allowing the fifth most fantasy points. I think this could be a Sony Michelle game, too, if the Patriots want to establish the run. But I just – there's no one else in this pass-catching uh, group of receivers, including James White, that Brady trusts outside of Edelman and White. And so I'm certain White's going to finish a top 15 running back this week in PPR just because he's just going to get an absurd amount of volume.
0: Yeah, I think the, the Patriots are good at figuring things out, and their strength is clearly in their backfield with Burkhead, White, and Sony Michelle. I think they're uh, – the the Texans – uh, sort of exposed that hey if if you cover julian edelman there's there's not a whole lot left out there uh they they put a corner on james white as well which was a pretty you know seemingly obvious thing but i guess folks had not <laughs> done that very often yeah so the I, I think the patriots are extremely good and extremely adaptive and they're going to bounce back and i don't think they're going to bounce back all of a sudden throwing bombs to philip dorsett I think they're going to continue with the dink and dunk, and you're just going to see a lot of activity out of the backfield.
1: I just want to compliment you, Clark, on that hard uh, James White that we got to <laughs> <laughs> experience. Um, yeah, I, I dig it. I, you know, Okay, so I've got James White as the uh, number one RB3 this week, so he's like the premier flex play. Um, I'm really curious to see how they end up using Sony Michelle because this Chiefs team is god awful at stopping the run. It would be very wise for them to give Sony Michelle 20 carries. I ranked him, I think, as either an RB three or an RB four. Like I can't trust him in a lineup better than a flex. Uh the matchup's there, but you know, his, his box production has just been awful. It's been so terrible. Um if you're feeling bold, uh the matchup is there. You know, if if you're playing matchups, you could theoretically start Tony Michelle like as a running back too. Um I do think though that all the points that you guys made about James White were uh apt. He will he will be involved.
2: Yeah, especially after Josh McDaniels
0: fell asleep at the wheel against Houston and then was like, "Oh, maybe
1: we should uh, be
0: playing James White." It may be a very fun real-life football matchup as well. It would be really cool if they just manned up Tyron Matthew against James White to see how that would all happen.
2: That would actually be a lot of fun. I would dig that. I don't want to, like, give Andy Reid the Chiefs strategy, but... Because I know they listen. Every NFL coach listens to the podcast, but that would be dope. Uh, I like that matchup. Good call, Clark. You are a smart man. Nicholas! Your third start for the week.
1: Yes, sir. (laughs)
2: Uh, Except it's a sit. Um, Ooh, Clark! Do you have another yeah. start? Because I got one more start.
0: Oh no, I Clean have one more church, start, right? and I only have one sit. So this <laughs> perfect, is doing... Clark! Give us your uh, third start. So uh, sometimes you just have to get the story out. Uh, but this one is me putting my money where my mouth is. My start this week over the—am I reading this right? Quarterback two deck Prescott is Ryan Fitzpatrick, baby. He's Woo! on a two-game hot streak. Fitz he Magic. hits it every year. I'm betting that this is the game that he does not turn back into a pumpkin against a fairly middling Jets defense. who's ranked like 18th and 17th against the pass and the run. I'm putting my faith in Fitzmagic. The playoffs are on the
3: line, and I'm going for it. Yes, Fitzmagic!
1: I'm on board. Yeah, he's he's my quarterback 12 this week. I kind of did the same thing. I was talking about with Zach Pascal, just like getting him into that, that one tier, the QB one tier, the Wolf wide receiver one tier. Uh, he deserves it, and, and what he's done for us with Devontae Parker is beautiful, and it's such a good matchup. Um, Clark, I, I have to confess that I only just now understood the phrase that you've been using for the year that I've known you, of turning back into a pumpkin, being a reference to the um, – what help me, the term – Cinderella,
0: so
1: the, Cinderella, the, <laughs> yeah. the carriage, yeah, yeah. Um, Anytime I can like make yeah. a
0: four hundred year old reference <laughs> on a fantasy football podcast, I am gonna do it.
1: I just thought it was a funny phrase that you had started using. As, <laughs> yeah, all right,
0: yeah, this is good. <laughs> Clark and his old folksy Southern sayings. Oh, Clark and that crazy <laughs> pumpkin he keeps talking about. And you, you hit us with another
1: huh in the choir when you started that one too. So I, I'm having a great time.
0: Well, on
2: Nick, a roll tonight, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Nick is not even Nick is just like, you know what, guys, I'm gonna just sit the rest of the podcast and just listen. I'm just gonna enjoy it. Every- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, all right, before we go to sits, I got one more start, and my start is Mike Williams, who, while the Chargers offense has been terrible and hidden, in, hidden by Philip Rivers' steady stream of interceptions, Mike Williams has actually had a pretty good season. He's on pace for 1,132 yards and averaging roughly 70 yards per game. That's – I know, Nick, I know. Uh, He's also been really consistent too, only posting less than seven PPR points once back in week one. And he's only had four single digit PPR point games. And as Nick alluded to the crazy thing though, is that he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, which is preposterous in my book, but positive regression it's coming. Will he score a touchdown against the Jags? I don't know, but I would love him to uh, to do it and to get a touchdown. And if he, even if he doesn't, He's still putting up a pretty consistent performance where he's going to get you solid flex work. And if he does score a touchdown, you don't want to miss out on that. So I like I like him this week to uh, to continue thriving because this is an offense that you I have totally overlooked and ignored because Philip Rivers is tossing the ball away like it is a hot potato. Um, But Mike Williams quietly
1: doing it. So I'm, I'm blanking on the guy's name. JJ Zacharyson was talking about this in the late round podcast today, the, the trends episode. doesn't look like the print version is out yet um, or the, the written version is out yet. Um, otherwise, I'd get it right. But I think it was like money Tunes. Um, Mike Williams is on pace to set the record for most yardage without a touchdown. The record, I think, was founded in like 1991 or like 95. Um, and it's 980 yards or something without a score. He's on his way there.
3: He's gonna do. It'll it. be a
1: feat if he clears a thousand yards and can't score. After his entire career has been putting up no yardage and just catching touchdowns.
2: Maybe this is just like the world balancing out. It just needs an equilibrium. He scored so many touchdowns that now he has to get the yardage to accommodate for that touchdown production.
1: If you want to upset a nerd like me, you can say that. Oh, this is regression it's not how regression works but you could do it but one could say that if they wanted to (laughs) all right
2: before we hit up sits we're gonna take a quick ad break you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy
3: let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes
1: And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: All right, we are back. And it is now time to talk about those players who maybe you shouldn't be starting this week. Uh, Nick, why don't you start us off?
1: So it might be a bit of an oddball one, but my sit is Darwin Thompson. I think we're at the point in the year where everyone, you know, you're made in the playoffs. You're starting to look at, uh, well, crap, I I might have to bench one of my starters starters because of usage or, or whatever. Uh, How am I going to get around this? Well, Darwin Thompson was a hot name in, in June and July in some circles. Uh, outside of the pod in father. our circle, in this our circle. circle. <laughs> yeah this yeah. circle was very uh, i God, went God, down man. with
0: that ship three months ago
1: <laughs> i know you you turned me on to him i was like all right nice, <laughs> Sorry, nice. anyway Never um, to but for running back. <laughs> matt kelly the pod father he he was like no nah, get get the hell out with with this one uh with without uh no no darwin thompson anyway you know, we thought that there was a chance that, that he could take over the backfield. That obviously didn't happen when Damian Williams was down the first time. It was like, oh, my God, is this going to be Darwin Thompson? Is he going to get, like, a one B roll? No, didn't happen. Uh, now, with with both Damian and Darrell Williams, very questionable uh, to play this week. Instead of rolling with LaShawn McCoy and Darwin Thompson, the team went out and signed, signed their old running back, Spencer Ware. Uh, this is not a vote of confidence. Yeah, uh, yesterday. Uh, oh. well so that'll be a tuesday for for listeners tomorrow um yeah they went out inside Spencer. yeah get it out Clark. but
0: darwin he's good
1: so, i just i i think it's pass protection um I, i'm i'm sure. next I, year already i
0: don't care i'm taking it. cool <laughs> yeah, thing.
1: um i yeah i felt the same way about Justin jackson this year um but anyway Yeah, so Lashawn McCoy, his his whole thing when he came to the team was I have to learn the routes and I have to learn the pass protection responsibilities. That's what's keeping me off the field right now. Uh, Once he clearly learned pass pro, like the the assignments, he was good. They they put him out there and he had a a few big games. Uh, Darwin Thompson has just been a total no show. And the fact that they went out and signed somebody is not a a good sign. So if you were looking for uh, you know light in a dark place, it's it's not going to be Darwin Thompson. Uh, I think it's going to be the the Lashawn McCoy and Spencer Ware shot. I mean, Spencer Ware just gets to walk in; he could take over the backfield. He's, this is you know, why you just like,
2: stay away from the Chiefs' backfield.
1: Yeah, three man backfields are, are are dangerous. So anyway, yeah, sit uh, sit Darwin Thompson if you if you guys were thinking you might want to try to get Crafty.
0: I like it. He he burned me too much this year. I'm off, but next year I cannot wait to hype him up as a great fifth round pick. Yep, I can already feel it in my kidneys. <laughs> <jiffies. laughs> Uh, Clark, what's a sit for you this week? Your one sit. So my, my lone sit is someone who I've been hyping for the past couple of weeks, and I feel like I've been right about him because he has been racking up yards and he has been getting the usage. A nice little third running back desperation flex in Bo Scarborough, but I think the matchup is going to be too much to overcome this week against Minnesota. The Lions are just having trouble moving the ball in general. And while he has been plugging away and getting you some production for a good late season pickup, I think you got to give Bo the week off against the Vikings. Yeah. I like that call a lot, especially
2: since I think the Vikings, well, we, you can pass on the Vikings with pretty much a lot of ease now. And I think that the Lions will look to exploit that and just uh, negate the ground game.
1: You guys see Karen Johnson returned.
2: I did to practice
1: yeah, so you can come back in week sixteen, which is terrifying and incredible. Uh, but you know if if you're listening to this and you haven't picked him up if he's if he's free in your league, it's it's worth to uh, to go get him because uh, who knows who's gonna be carrying the ball at that point in time. They might not have anybody else. I'm still gonna ride with Bo as like a as a flex option. Um, his workloads have been, stable enough that uh it's it's a bet on just on usage thing uh his yardage has been has been real nice he had that fumble uh, i think it was two weeks ago that that kind of hurt his his box score he's been right around that like nine point threshold um over the last couple weeks and yeah i mean the 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 vikings they got sledgehammered by the seattle backs last week uh week before was or well they're
0: well, that's just good coaching in Seattle. Don't
1: even. <laughs> that's fair. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. I, I gave it, the it to you. It took me a while to discussion. like
2: why Clark was saying that, and then it dawned to me, and I was like, "Ah, oh, incredible yeah. work,
1: Clark! Yeah, incredible work." <laughs> so anyway, I mean, they've they've been box score friendly to running backs, and I think that that anybody who's getting eighteen touches, uh, you know, he, he still he still should retain um, flex. Flex value. They they. they Vikings defense is bizarre, guys. It, they're is, like, bizarre. They're it is they're a weird names. defense. Yeah, but they, they are giving up points here. That it's yeah, it's 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 weird. So anyway, don't expect to come from Bo, but I'm I'm not gonna I'm probably not gonna sit him.
0: So I think you raised a good point here. So I have been hyping Bo Scarborough as a solid RB2. Let's plug in your lineup. If I'm struggling at running back and he's my best third flex option. I mean, like if I'm looking at Emmanuel Sanders or Bo Scarborough, I'm gonna put Scarborough in there. So I I think you're making a really good point of I'm not saying avoid him at all costs but I think that eight nine points this week may end up being three or four. And that's got me worried. Okay. Yeah. Um I friggin' hope he finds the end zone, man, because it, like it's he's been such not a having huge him.
1: man, he's a big boy. <laughs> he's Dude, so he's big. athletic too. I comped yeah. him with uh he's like he's right there uh, athletically with um Saquon and and Zeke. It's pretty nuts. You go look at his his workout metrics, uh he's he's just, he can move in, in, in short
0: areas. It's bizarre. He looks a little plodding, but he is is also very powerful and seems to shake off a lot of tackles. If you've been watching the lions, which I hope you haven't, he has had a lot of bad <laughs> luck with calls where he will break it. And, and there will be some dumb phantom penalty that uh, is making him lose oh, the big 25 yard runs. That's it's the worst frustrating someone who's I been remember. hyping this person, <laughs> but uh, he is okay. And I, I made the comp to Legarrett blunt of it doesn't really look great when he's doing it, but people just seem to have a hard time getting him down. And when he gets some momentum going, it's it it's a good old fashioned thing to watch and I, I enjoy Yeah.
1: It. A swift moving two hundred and thirty five pounds is <laughs> it's tough
2: yeah.
0: to take down.
1: Hard hard to bring that person down, yeah.
2: Uh, My first start and sit for this week. Uh, I am not having a lot of faith in Marquise Brown against the bills. Uh, there's a few things going against them in my book. Uh, first of all, the bills defense primarily to Javius white has been very good this season. They're allowing just four touchdowns to outside receivers on the season and the Ravens, have shown a profinity for not loving to throw the football to their wide receivers. Uh, and given Buffalo's struggle stopping the run, I could see it being a Mark Ingram, Gus the Bus, and Lamar Jackson juking everyone out of their shoes game. And the Ravens just doing what they do best and running the football and throwing it to Mark Andrews and not really targeting their wide receivers. So I don't love him uh, this week.
1: It's a scary matchup, man. I I, I feel you. Tredavious White is the real friggin' deal. Brown He's been playing
2: has the, great this year.
1: Yeah. Uh brown has you know the ability to house it anywhere um there there are situations where it's worth starting it you know if if you're like if you're just up against the gargantuan team there's you know there's no reason to play it if you're the four seed and sure. you're playing the one seed or, or you're you know you're the six seed playing the three like screw it go back <laughs> you know if you don't if you don't have anything better, Uh, but if you're, if you've got a, like a a pretty solid team, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this. Don't, don't risk it.
2: Nicholas, you got one more sit for us. I got one more too, but if you got one, we'll throw it in first.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we'll, this, this one's a bit of a Yahtzee or or whatever. Um, Tyler Lockett. So the dude had the flu bad last week and he had, I think three targets and didn't catch any of them. Um, he looked terrible uh, in the interview after the game. We need to heavily monitor uh, local reporting and, and try to, to, to decipher if if he's feeling better, if he's good to go, because if he is the Ram talks, they usually put up some points against each other. Um, he, I suppose he might get some Jalen Ramsey treatment, but I, I mean, you know, slot guys are slot guys. Like they, they'll get the job done in there. What are you giggling at? Um, but anywho, uh, if if Tyler Lockett is not getting a clean bill of health on, on Friday, I would probably not be putting him in a lineup. Um, if he is,
0: then he's a start because it should be a fun one. Let's have two comments about the stupid Seattle Seahawks. I missed the playoffs in my big money league by 1.25 points because after I turned the game off, DK Metcalf decided to show up and get put up literally just enough for me to lose. And second, most touchdown and interception celebrations are dumb. And it's not because I'm old and because I don't like fun. It's just because they're stupid and uninspired. <laughs> that is not the case from what we saw in Seattle with that touchdown dance, I didn't get it. I finally saw all these people online tweeting about like white people won't get this. And I'm like, go on. I don't get it. And then <laughs> that was just fantastic. So hats off to the Seattle wide receivers for knocking down that uh, touchdown celebration. I just very, very fine job. Everybody that was, that was hip.
2: There you go. Rousing endorsement from old man, resident old man, Clark right. Bards.
0: <laughs> just got to so, do it well guys. And i and I'm on board. The seal of approval is there. Uh
2: we'll wrap up starts and sits. I got one final sip before we uh get the oracle on the phone to give her our most pressing question. Uh I'm gonna fade Zach Ertz this week. And uh my lack of confidence in Zach Ertz this season has been well documented. I have taken many times to tell you that he is uh not not as good as he once was. But against the Giants, he uh they were allowing the third fewest points to the position, and uh he got outplayed by Dallas Goddard last week in Miami. And I don't know if I necessarily trust him to be able to produce. I'd rather start Clark's Kyle Rudolph versus the uh, Lions. I'd rather <laughs> start Tyler Higby versus the Seahawks. And my main guy this week, who is only owned in 48% of leagues, Vance McDonald versus the Cardinals, who give up 100 yards and a touchdown to every tight end they've ever faced. So I would much rather start those three guys over uh, Zach Ertz this week. So if you, are, if you have Zach Ertz and you need the win, as you know, you are a high seed or you're just not wanting to fall further down the toilet bowl, uh, I would, I would think about sitting him.
1: They're rare, man. Like they, they just keep giving the the cards deep to tie. They do. (laughs) You
2: thought that you thought that they would maybe adjust. Cause like in week three or four, they released, wasn't it DJ Swearinger who was their starting safety and they released him. It was someone who they released, and and I was like, oh, shit. Well, there goes, like, you know, the Cardinals as being this tight end haven because they are going to now put someone in who can actually cover tight. Nope. They just can't cover (laughs) tight ends for whatever reason, and I love it. It's like one of the most consistent things you can trust this fantasy season is whatever tight end goes up against the Cardinals is going to have a big day.
1: So over the last two games, backups, Ross Dwelly and Tyler Higby, (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't Both fucking matter. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's and this was this was the team that made O.J. Howard Oh, he's back. The only team. <laughs> <laughs> the only team that made people who had O.J. Howard be like, "See?
3: O.J. can do this."
1: It's like, "No,
2: nope, just cuz he was yeah. playing the
1: Cardinals." Oh. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's like a goofy version of how, like the Pats and Eagles and, and Bills who be like, "Yeah, bucket run." You're
2: not going right. to win the game if you run against us. So it's go for it. We're going to use set so five DBs, idiot.
1: But like, what a weird strategy with Cardinals. Throw it to your tight ends. You it's, can't yeah, beat no. us doing that. I don't, I don't get it, uh,
2: but whatever. Uh, also, my super sneaky, you guys want to hear my super sneaky uh, hot Eagles trade that should happen this offseason? Yeah. Fire away. Let's get rid of a, uh, what if the Eagles traded Dallas Goddard to the Jacksonville Jaguars for Nick Foles?
1: Who says no? (laughs) Everyone. No, no, it's happening. (laughs) Philly fans would love Nick
2: Foles. Oh, my God. They want him back so badly.
1: It would be so angry if they traded, like, their future All-Pro tight end away to get the backup that they gave away. Now won them a Super Bowl? Philly fans Uh, never forget. God. They should trade Ertz now. They should trade Ertz. Maybe they trade Ertz for Nick Foles. Who says no? Stop. <laughs> uh, he has so much money. His contract is enormous.
2: <laughs> oh, Jaguars. Even when you do it right, you do it wrong. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Those are starts and sits for the week. We are now going to call the Oracle uh, and get her thoughts on week 14. Now, we normally like to reach out to our listeners, to you, the wonderful listeners, to see if you guys have any pressing uh, start-sit conundrums that you need answered by her. Uh, we got no responses this week, probably because you maybe sent the tweet out a little bit late. So I'll open the floor. I have a conundrum, but do either of you have a start-sit conundrum that you have been grappling with that you'd like to put forward to the Oracle? Nah.
1: Giving it a look to you right now. Sure, that- yeah. Um, uh, Half-point PPR. Dave Montgomery or Devo Samuel? All
2: right, let me write those down. That's similar to my question. Mine was going to be Montgomery or Alexander Madison. All right, let's get the oracle on the phone, and we will ask her Nicholas's most pressing uh, question.
3: Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are
2: you? You sound ready. You sound prepared.
3: I am prepared. I've been doing all sorts of research and reading up <laughs> on things. Actually,
2: just watching a movie. Oh, what
3: movie? Instant Family.
2: Oh, I don't know that. Sounds great. Mark
3: Wahlberg.
2: Oh, I do know that. Oh, how was it? It's
3: very mom kind
2: of flick. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, all right. Are you ready, mom? I'm ready. Okay. Now, normally we try to get our listeners to cooperate and to give us some uh, starts and sits for you. They fell through, so listeners, step your game up. The Oracle is very upset with you, but... <laughs> Nick has a pressing start-sit conundrum that he is busily struggling with in half-point PPR, which means – got to explain this to you – which means you get half a point for every reception, so every catch that you get. Okay. Okay. Should he start running back David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears, who is going up against the – Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Or – And let me quickly bring it up so that I can tell you. Or should he play Debo Samuel, who's a wide receiver for the 49ers, who's going up against the uh, New Orleans Saints? Well,
3: I need a little more background. You know me.
2: I know you. But do you have anything in particular that you would like to know about these players before making your decision? Uh, You tend to have a very uh, certain criteria that you look for when you make your uh, picks.
3: Well
2: having just watched this movie
3: about family life. Sure. What's their
2: family life like? Very good question. I
3: <laughs> No idea.
2: No idea. Could not say. Yeah. Debo Samuel is a they're both rookies. So okay. maybe they are uh a little overwhelmed with the NFL because it's a it's a whole rush of things. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, one is going up against a run defense that is pretty good, has had some, has had some success stopping running backs. And it's a team that has off and on featured him, but, uh, he has been off and on as a producer, and then it's a wide receiver in Debo Samuel who has been heavily featured in the 49ers offense, is coming off of a few very large games in which he's given great production to his uh, owners and is going up against a New Orleans secondary that has been giving up uh, some fantasy points in recent weeks. The Saints
3: have been giving up some fantasy points? Yep. Uh, well, I think that when you're starting out – Probably your self confidence is probably boosted by your immediate past performance.
2: Mm, It's fair.
3: Sense of feeling invincible. There's a lot of invincibility in young age, which you lose as you get older, unfortunately. Mm. So I would go with the second guy because it sounds like he's probably on more of a high. And so he's just going to go out there at a higher set point than the other one. Perfect. There you go. The oracle has spoken.
2: Debo Samuel is uh, the player you should start like this week.
3: Yep, he's feeling good about himself. Probably.
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Ma. You're welcome, dear. Bye. All right. The oracle has made her ruling, and now we will see the oracle's a hundred percent record will be truly put to the test with our own Nicholas.
1: Yeah, uh, it was like really sound reasoning. <laughs>
2: The oracle is nothing if not sound in her reasoning. It might be kind of obscure things that she reasons with, but they are. Uh, she is thorough in her in her thought process. All right, there you go. Uh, good luck, everyone, to all of those in the fantasy playoffs. Best of luck to all of those out of the fantasy playoffs. Best of luck with your future endeavors in life. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Everywhere you can get a podcast, you can find us, the Fate Team's podcast channel. Leave us a review. Give us five stars because you're excited for the uh, fantasy playoffs to truly begin and the holidays are just around the corner. So you're excited for that too. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at M Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you guys next week. Until then. Peace!